Well, spring practice is in the thick of it for UCLA football. But who's going to stick out in the wide receiver room in 2023? Well, we have some names in mind, and we'll tell you here on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody. It's Zach Anderson, Yachtsheimer, alongside Max Kelton. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts. So like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Download, subscribe on all those podcast platforms. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. It's your team every day. Become an everydayer. Come enjoy all the episodes of Locked On at UCLA. Every day, every episode, stay up to date. We're talking UCLA football to start here as the Bruins are getting in the thick of things in spring practice. We've got some names. We've talked about the wide receivers before in December when I was solo. The Max will kind of provide a little bit of some thoughts. We'll go back and forth to really start this episode. In my mind, these are the top seven receiving targets potentially for UCLA this year, not including tight ends, not including running backs, Max. You've got Jeremiah McClure, Grant Gray. Those are true freshmen coming in. It's a little tough getting out of high school early and making that transition. They're not all Dante Moore's who jump from Detroit and get to practice early. You've got Kyle Ford, J. Michael Sturdivant, who are the big-name transfers from SC and Cal. And then you've got Cam Brown, the leading returning receiver, Logan Loya, and Titus Mokiao Atamalala. And we're going to try and decide today, Max, who we truly think will be the receivers that will end up being amongst the top three this season for UCLA. First name has to be, for me, J. Michael Sturdivant. This is a Cal transfer who earned freshman All-American honors last year, had seven touchdowns for the Golden Bears, 700-some-odd yards, 755-ish. He's a really good player. He's a really good player, and he's young, and they're looking to develop a connection early on with him and Dante Moore. So I would expect that Dante Moore and and Sturdivant, um, they they – not only develop some chemistry in spring practice, but I think that he's going to be that key player for for uh, for Dante Moore moving forward, especially at the wideout spot. I mean, he's he's a versatile guy, so I think he's number one for me. Yeah, Sturdivant had a big, long touchdown grab, I believe, at the end or at, during one of those practices recently. Sturdivant, of course, he caught a touchdown against UCLA. He this season, Sturdivant overall his numbers. In 2022, 65 receptions, 755 yards, seven touchdowns, averaging nearly 63 yards per game, including a long of a 48-yard reception. We remember what he did to the Bruins around on Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving in November. So that's Chip Kelly likes to say, you really balled out against us, so we're going to take against you. I'm thinking, hey, the leading returning receiver, Cam Brown, he really turned it on, I think, down the stretch in my perspective. What about Cam Brown? He's coming back. He's the transfer coming over from the state of Texas. Brown had 24 receptions, 362 yards, three touchdowns. And while I'm not going to debate with you, he is going to be a number one receiver. I'm not thinking he, if Kyle Ford's healthy, he can't be better than this. Sturdivant coming in is the number one. I'm thinking Cam Brown will be a truly productive receiver and a high-value number two for someone who had a 51-yard catch, one of the longer catches last year for UCLA, and he averaged about 32 receiving yards per game. Because UCLA last year, they really spread 
the the receptions out. They threw the ball all around their receiving core. If you're playing fantasy college football, I'm not sure if a UCLA receiver is what you wanted to take last year in 2022. In my mind, I think Brown's very underrated. And while there is some significant talent, we still have to see what McClure and Gray bring to the team when they're fully ready and prepared, getting through the thick of things in fall camp. I think Cam Brown, as that returning man, there's something about being that leading returner that sticks in my mind as saying, hey, this is a guy that could get a bulk of the passes, although it's a little different when you see who has chemistry with which signal caller, which could truly factor as to which guy could stand out this year in the receiving core. You're you're absolutely right. And there's some serious value to being a returner in a very complex NFL scheme that Chip Kelly is is running, you know, and and a guy like Cam Brown heading heading back under under Kelly in, in another year. I mean, it just it gives him that advantage over the rest of rest of the wide receiver room, including a guy like J. Michael Sturdivant, who is still in his first year learning a scheme that might not have been, you know, with with Cal, it might he he might not have had such a complex offensive look. So, um, you know, the, you lose the, the your two top pass catchers last year, um, Bobo and, and Kashmir Allen. And there's, there's room for somebody to step up. And you have to imagine it's not going to be all new names. So I think Cam Brown is a really likely name to light up the stat sheet. Maybe not be the sole pass catcher for Dante Moore. And that's, this is us now, now maybe it, implicating Dante Moore as the starting quarterback. We don't know that. You know, it, it could be a totally different story. And I think that that's what makes spring practice so exciting. But I, I like I like Cam Brown to step into a role where he's going to get some serious playing time and put up some production too. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm going to be on record. On the bandwagon, start Dante Moore. I know Garbers has been waiting his turn. I know Colin Schley is the talent. Even Justin Martin might go in there and have a fairly tough camp. You just never know. Even Chase Griffin, who is the NIL Male Athlete of the Year, you know, I believe in 2022, they all got their great qualities. I'm just saying, hey, why not start Dante Moore? But that's not what this episode's about. I've already said that before. I think an X factor into someone who can really break out this year for UCLA in the receiving core, mind you, we're not talking running backs who can catch passes. We're not talking even Maliki Matzavau, the latest transfer Oregon in the – for in terms of the tight end room, or even Hudson Habermill, who had quite a few touchdown grabs last year, a, a couple, I believe, Habermill having two. We're talking exclusively receivers in this episode, in this first segment. For me, a breakout guy to look out for. I know Kyle Ford has a lot of upside, but with his injury risk, you don't know. I'm going to go with the returner again, Titus Mokiao Atsumalala. I think that's a guy who, despite his numbers last year, 17 receptions, 290 yards, and a touchdown along of a 49-yard grab, despite playing in every game for UCLA, all 13, and that's not too many yards per game, 22. I think he is destined, potentially, for a breakout season in the wide receiver room for UCLA. I know Ford's got upside. We've got a couple of freshmen. Even Loyo would have something to say about that. You just never know who could catch more passes. Last year, Zach Charbonnet was top four. He had more receptions and receiving yards than the likes of Mokial Atamalala, but somebody's got to catch the ball. I think it is his turn to step up and have an opportunity this season, Max. I think I think you know you're you're pretty spot on with what you're 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 saying too. And you know as as much as I I, I like seeing that from the the older players and guys who hadn't had as much time on the field, you know before. 
also want to see some production from some of the younger guys. And frankly, you don't see it too often. So that's why that's why I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what a guy like Jeremiah McClure can do. You know, a guy out of Matter Day. He's familiar with the area. Matter Day, one of the best football basketball schools. Well, Matter Day. Modern day, excuse me, <laughs> for yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, I think I think that this this young man could be valuable in the second half of the season. But again, it's a huge learning curve. Nobody's going to come in ready to go, especially the freshmen. So, um, I I think that you could be looking for a guy like you know a guy like McClure. Who is it? Grant Grant Gray is the other freshman. Um, I think I think that. Chip Kelly is going to look to build chemistry between those two guys and their freshman star quarterback, what what is presumed to be their freshman star quarterback. I could see them getting some some really good run in, on the practice field and maybe making it into, into a few games, getting serious playing time. But uh, I wouldn't expect them to be the stars, but I could see them making a difference. Yeah, we'll see how those things all play out coming up here in the upcoming weeks in spring practice, heading to summer and fall camp, and eventually the home opener, the season opener in 2023 versus Coastal Carolina. That is your early discussions of the UCLA wide receiving core. We'll come back. We'll talk some UCLA softball. What's going on this weekend? They're heading to Arizona. What does that mean? Max gives us his brief thoughts. He's called some UCLA softball this game, softball games this year. He'll tell us his thoughts. But if he was hungry, what is he going to eat during a softball game? I think he should, and he knows this too. He knows this if he's sitting there. Man, I'm hungry. You can't have a big meal during a broadcast. What's something you can eat? If you're just sitting at home listening and watching to this, you just want to munch on something real quick. It is a built Bar. You've got to try a built Bar because it doesn't have all the sugar and calories of everything else. It's a delicious snack, but the best tasting protein bar ever. It's healthy, and it's 100% real dark chocolate. It's real chocolate. That's what you want. Churro peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. Not entirely sure how Built does it, but it's only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. You can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can and get specialty flavors right at Built.com and go get yourself a 4-bar box, a 13-bar box, cookies and cream. They've got so many variety of flavors. You're going to want to go to Built.com or your local grocery store or Walmart, Sam's Club, and get one today. Cruising on in second segment of Locked On UCLA, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, alongside Max Kelton here. We're talking UCLA softball fairly briefly. I mentioned it a little bit earlier this week, but Max, a little more in-depth knowledge about the softball team, I'll admit, than I do. 36-4, and they've won nine in a row, 16-1 and at home. I'm not entirely sure if you broadcast that loss at home, but they're 16-1 and at home, 14-1 and in neutral site games, and despite their early conference woes of losing a game or two here they've really picked things up and what do the wildcats bring as a challenge for ucla and who's been stepping up for the bruins well this is a team where it seems like every week a new player is stepping up but i've been very impressed by a player like jordan woolery as of late she had two home runs in the east in the series opener against an oregon state team that made it to the women's college world series last year and then she had another one in the in the sweep win in the third game this is a team that's won eight straight they have again been bumped up to the number two team in the country and 
aside from number one, where Oklahoma just seems to have run away with that first spot heading into the final stretch of the season, the Bruins seem like the only real, real team. Maybe maybe Oklahoma State I could see, but the 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 real Pac-12 foe that could give this that can give anybody a run for their money come Women's College World Series time. I mean, all the pieces are there. Everybody's clicking. Aaliyah Jordan returning. That's huge. The Bruins are on a tear as of late, and it's a force. I would be surprised to see somebody stop this team moving down to the final stretch. Yeah, they've got at Arizona. They get Arizona State at home. They They go to Utah, and then the final weekend of the season that first weekend of may they don't actually have a series but funny enough they get to go to tucson twice yeah you get to go to tucson this weekend and then in almost the month's time from now you go and have the first ever pac-12 softball tournament so i wonder how playing in a certain field and what the pac-12 softball tournament is going to do is that technically which will be nationally televised on may 13th and even the semi-final will be too how that's going to affect what sure. the uh, birth will that actually affect ucla seating probably not unless they lose early and whatever but i just think that is an interesting wrinkle for ucla's end of season tournament kind of preparation for the ncaa tournament i mean it's it's really exciting to see for the first year this pac-12 tournament you know by the way ucla might be the number two team of the nation but they're not going to run away with this pac-12 tournament there are so many good teams in this conference three of which are in the top 10 ucla is number two stanford number five washington number 10 and that washington team did take a game from the bruins earlier this season and i was on the call for it so i know that you know while they they might have the best record and they they might have all the pieces to run away with the Pac-12 tournament, I know that's not how it's going to go. Uh, at least not without a fight. But you know, there's just so many pieces of of this this conference that could make a serious serious difference. Uh, but when Megan Faramo is dealing the way that she has over the last couple of weeks, when Brooke Yanez is clicking in the circle and their lineup top to bottom seems like anybody could be just an absolute force. I mean, it really is exciting to watch a team dominate so much. 36 and four this year, those four losses, one of which came to Oklahoma. Another one was um, Washington in the home conference opener and aside from that we'll chalk up a couple others you know just to just to 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 cal and oregon yeah yeah i mean another two really good teams oregon number 18 in the country cal is receiving votes so it's just top to bottom this conference is is so good uh and you, you look at their their schedule coming up Arizona is also receiving votes in, in the top 25. Same with ASU. And I'll be on the call for all three of those those games that weekend at home at Easton Stadium. Uh, so it's exciting watching this team play. And now is when they need to click the most. And I think that they have actually really hit that stride as of late uh, for coaching away Perez. Yeah, they've hit their stride. And, of course, the biggest thing is we're not talking NCAA tournament, Pac-12 tournament. We're talking going to Oklahoma City and smacking the crap out of the Sooners. That is what is the only justice that needs to be served this season. And again, we're just not going to get that answer until early June, late May, when they get through the end of the season and get through the first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament, which we expect them to do, although this team has played a lot of close games. They swept Stanford, and they only scored an average of three runs per game, which kind of 
averaged out to a 3 nothing loss. If you play them at a tournament game, one game off, a lot of pressure. You don't know what's going to happen. The Bruins are the veteran and the youth presence mixed in with the pitchers dealing at the right moment. It seems like it is a recipe for success, but only time will tell as they head to Tucson this week. But we're going to end the show. One more thought about another UCLA team. What could it be? Well, we're thinking about the likes of UCLA women's volleyball. They've got a new coach, got a couple of new ads. Max going to have more on that when we return on Locked On UCLA. But if you're watching on YouTube or now listening, we're cruising on into Locked On UCLA's final segment, UCLA women's volleyball. They didn't have a good season this recent season, Max. The Bruins were 16-13, and 10-10 in Pac-12 conference play. No NCAA tournament. And it's Alfie Reft, one of the, I believe, the associate head coach coming over from the University of San Diego. The Toreros had a dream season this year at the WCC. And the Bruins just got a couple of new ads. Can you shed some light on that, Max? What is this team potentially looking like in 2023 with the new coach and some new late ads this late in the recruiting season in April? Well, University of San Diego, by the way, is it, it was maybe the best story I've seen in all of collegiate volleyball over the last five to ten years. I mean, this is a team that had never made a run. Think SDSU in in the men's tournament, the men's basketball tournament, by the way, but had never really shown signs of making a run prior to that, too. And, you know, this is it, it's a really good program with good pieces, but it was the coaching that that was able to fuel this fire. And I think that's what's so exciting about Alfie coming over to, to coach at UCLA. You know, he knows what it takes to win in that tournament. And for a team that didn't make the tournament last year, um, I think that they needed a new look at head coach. And Alfie, Alfie Reft is going to help this cause. You know, he... I was I was so impressed, much like the rest of, of, of the country was when... You saw that run for University of San Diego last year. That Talk about a Cinderella team. Now, they were a two-seed, but it was a team that really had not had that kind of success um, at this volume prior to last year. And it was, it was just impressive what that coaching staff did to build up a program um, into somewhat of a powerhouse last season that had hardly lost. So I'm really excited for what Alfie Ref brings to the table. And there are a couple of new players, new additions that they bring in. First, they had a Florida transfer, um, Henriksen, I think is her name. Um, I'm really excited for her. She only played a couple of games back in September of last year, but Florida's one of those marquee programs. She was looking to be a star, and I think that she could be at UCLA. They also announced the additions of uh, a defensive specialist and Kat Lutz. Uh, she's out of Del Mar, California. Went to Torrey Pines. That's a really good volleyball school down south. And then a Dallas, Texas native um, in, uh, let me let me make sure, her name is Sydney Breon. I just wanted to make sure I got that right. Um, these are two freshmen who typically you're not going to see freshmen make a huge difference, but it, it gives you some poise to see these are the first couple of recruits for Alfie Reft, and he has faith in them. So it might not be production this year. It certainly might as well, but I'm certainly looking forward to next year and the year after for these young freshmen to develop into the players that Reft expects them to. Yeah, UCLA Volleyball looking to get on that map and get you know much better than they were last year from a 16-13 and 13 finish. Four and six in home. They did more of their damage, frankly enough, away from home for some odd reason this year. But UCLA would like to return to being a better program in the women's volleyball ranks. They want to be a much better team as opposed to a team that doesn't make 
the NCAA tournament. The Big Ten, they care about their volleyball. They'll go sell it out over there in Big Ten country. Nebraska, in Lincoln, in Omaha especially, they, they really love their 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 volleyball. And I know Omaha has nothing truly to do with the Big Ten, but they tend to host things in the Nebraska area, Big Ten. There's just so much love for volleyball. UCLA has got to be ready to compete in just about every sport, top to bottom, regardless if we think the Big Ten sucks in softball or baseball or is good here and there. There are sports that they bring passion and 18,000 seats filled every night, especially for women's volleyball. So this is what UCLA is preparing themselves for. The world is about to get that much more intense moving into the future years of the Big Ten, and we think that Alfie Reft is that man to lead them into the future. Well, I think you're um, muted there, bud. Yeah, sorry about that. You know, I think I think you're spot on, you know, and it's going to be a new look for this team, right? This is a team that went, what, 10 and 10 in conference play last year, and it'll be their final year in the Pac-12 conference. And I I feel confident that Alfie Reft is the, 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 the man to lead them into that Big Ten play for one of the best volleyball conferences in the country. But when I say a new look, I mean, their leading hitter in McCall, she was a grad student. She's leaving. She was a transfer from TCU. Uh, McKissick, uh, another grad grad transfer from Georgia Tech. She was the leading setter. You like to think of the setter as the quarterback on the floor. She won't be back. Um, so I think that ref, this might be a rebuilding season for them. But again, they want to develop some momentum heading into Big Ten play next season. I'm excited to see what they can do. And if they can have some serious production with a really young squad this year, it gives promise for next year. That's all the big things and the questions we won't have answered until the fall. Not every program can be national championship winning heading into the Big Ten, but they can put the right foot forward, the right feet forward, and take the baby steps into the right direction. We think with the recruits, people coming in, the recent additions for UCLA women's volleyball, the new coach, that the Bruins can certainly be headed into the right direction as we are headed into the end of this episode. So for Max Kelton, I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Tell us your thoughts about the UCLA receivers or softball or even women's volleyball, NBA draft prospects, whatever. Just throw them in there in the comments. And also kind of tell us, hey, follow us at Locked On Bruins on Twitter. And download and subscribe on all the other podcast platforms. In the meantime, be coming every day or come listen. Join us every day. We've got fun, enticing, entertaining content every day, Monday through Friday. Your team every day on the Locked On UCLA podcast. As we end every episode, get your hands up, Bruins fans. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins!